You're listening to The Gospel Underground, the only podcast that helps to develop artists for musical excellence and ministry propulsion. It features guests and tips that help empower artists to manage the business of music while being effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm your host, Janice Levine. So let's get this show started. What's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of The Gospel Underground. I am your host, Janice Levine. And this is another episode of Underground Conversations. I have a very, very, very special guest, special in my book, of course, because he is my fiance. So today we're going to be talking to my love, Elder Dow Wright. Say hello, babe. Hello, everybody. What's going on? (laughs) I'm really excited about today because uh, this is a conversation that we have often. Um, And it's something that we wanted to bring to the audience and have a bigger conversation about. Um, And if you are already signed up to the mailing list or if you're a part of the Facebook group, then you already know what we are talking about. We're talking about gateway gospel music. Yes, gateway gospel music. This is a very, uh, I guess you could say controversial subject. And I know that you all are going to have a lot of thoughts about this topic. So... I definitely want you to, if you have not already, uh, join the Facebook community. We are the Gospel Underground community on Facebook and the underscore Gospel Underground on Instagram. And if you have not yet, definitely make sure you sure you stay connected with us by signing up for our mailing list. And I'll go ahead and leave that in the podcast notes attached to this episode. So before we get into it, y'all know what we got to do. We have to start this thing off right. And that is with the word of God. So this week's scripture is coming from Romans chapter one, verses one and two. I think we used this scripture before in the past, but I just felt like, or we felt like it was um, definitely apropos for this topic. So scripture is coming from Romans chapter one, verses one and two, and it reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye may present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen, amen, and amen again. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing of his word, that we may live and grow thereby. So, I am, like I said before, I'm excited about this topic. This is something that we have talked about, like so much like Mm -hmm. we talk about this all the time um and just a fun fact our first real conversation like before we even started dating uh we were talking about music ministry that was our first real conversation so i think it's kind of cool that we are now having uh we're we're now doing this podcast and talking still along the same lines that's right did you realize that it's funny, the first conversation, as you said, I was questioning you something regarding music ministry, <laughs> yep. and here we are. Yeah. So I'm glad to be here with you. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> okay, so let's leave all that mushy stuff behind. Let's get to business, honey, okay? All right, so I don't know how you want to start this thing off. Um, okay, so I guess we can just start it off by defining what we have coined gateway gospel music. So. We did a little brainstorming and thinking and pondering over this subject and we came up with a bit of a definition for gateway gospel music and it is the infusion of gospel music 
with secular themes and influences that present new ideas on the already established subject. So on the Facebook group, I posted this up just as a means of preliminary conversation before we get into the podcast. But I posted this up and one example of what we would call gateway gospel music and I'm gonna do my best to not name drop because that's not the point of this. Right. We wanna have a conversation and to um, just make people think a little bit, but the names and situations that I already talked about, I will mention again. So mm-hmm. as I said in the Facebook group, um, you know, as a preliminary conversation to this podcast, I mentioned that an example of gateway gospel music would be David and Tamla Man's new love album. Um, and also even the collaborations with Snoop and the whole list of gospel right. artists <laughs> on his um, recent gospel album. And I'm doing that in air quotes because, you know, y'all know how I feel if y'all, if y'all mm. been following me. Please don't get us <laughs> I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to go in. Like I said, you know, we're not going to argue. We're not going to. I'm not really interested in like name dropping or pointing the finger at anybody or anything. I just want to talk about this topic because it is necessary. Um, and it's something that we are seeing. There's an influx of this happening. So I feel like it's necessary to talk about. So, yeah. So once again, our definition for gateway gospel music is the infusion of gospel music with secular themes and influences that present new ideas on the already established subject. Now, if I think back, I think the first time that we had this conversation uh, one of the first conversations we had about this was uh, one day we were driving and we had on the radio and the music just sounded as if, okay, did the station switch without me knowing because I no longer knew if I was listening to gospel music or not. And I guess that opened up the conversation and I just said to myself, if I can find myself dancing or moving or being placed into a certain mindset by listening to this uh, is a little bit of a problem and it's like okay but what is this gospel music anymore or is this just something to feel good to make some money and then i guess that just opened up the conversation and uh, brought us to this point today when we're actually having this forum to talk about it yeah so just to i guess break things down a little bit simpler um we look up the definition of gateway and it is there are actually three definitions that we have the first one is an entrance that is open and closed with a gate the second is a place that allows you to reach or enter a larger place and the third is something that allows you to do or achieve something and a lot of times when we hear of something being a gateway to something we always think of i think uh, well for me i'll speak for me the first thing that i usually think of is like gateway drugs right and as we approached um, planning for this podcast and thinking about it and talking about it, we always correlated what we call gateway gospel music to gateway drugs. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but that's that's just how that's how we've seen it. Um, and you know, if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that, babe, no, absolutely. A, a gateway usually opens um, a road for you to go down. Mm-hmm. It leads you somewhere. And um, and speaking of gateway drugs, um, I actually looked up a uh, little information regarding the gateway drug theory, if I can just read that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's also known as the escalation hypothesis or progression hypothesis. And this is basically a comprehensive catchphrase for the theory that the use of a psychoactive drug can be coupled to an increased probability of the usage of further drugs in the future. So basically, if you start off small with these gateway drugs, the probability of you using harder drugs and drugs that are more um, that will take more of a hold of you and have more of a detriment to you is um, highly increased in the future. And it's always going to lead you down a pathway of detriment that's going to be worse than where you started. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to use this analogy is if you ever find yourself sitting on a beach and let the tide come in and hit you a few times and by the time you realize it you'll look back and yeah. you will find yourself further out into the ocean than where you started and it's that subtle coming in back and forth of the tide that wears you down until you get to a place where how did I you wonder and you look back how mm -hmm. did I even get here and that's the influence of this type of music because it may seem innocent but there as it goes it's the little foxes that can destroy the vine and you'll find yourself in a place where you don't even know how you got there but subtly and surely you find yourself drifting further out to sea absolutely that was a bomb analogy like i didn't i didn't even think about it like that but that is so true i can't tell you how many times i've been on the beach and i'm like in one spot even just standing not even like right. sitting standing in one spot and you're just sitting there looking at the water next thing you know you're like almost all the way in yeah. it's like wait a minute how did i get here you know you didn't move but the water that was going that was coming in and going back out was pulling you out without even your um, acknowledgement. So I thought it was a great analogy. Go ahead, babe. Yeah. And the same thing, if you look at that same, um, look at that same example, your feet, the foundation under your feet you seems like it's, today. I feel it. <laughs> That's you know, all right. <laughs> that sand is unstable and that water is able to just pull that foundation from under your feet and you'll find yourself sinking and drifting further and further out because what is just the erosion process and the sand is not solid enough to stand on mm -hmm. and that's the same thing with certain types of music certain things that we do if it's not secure and solid enough for you to stand you'll surely drift away so we have to be mindful of those things all right i'm done for now <laughs> no you're not <laughs> you're just getting started <laughs> But no, that was really, really good. So um, I just kind of wanted to quickly um, talk about a couple of the characteristics that we identify with gateway gospel music. Um, so we have a couple of notes here that I'm gonna read from. The first characteristic is ambiguity. And let me just pause real quick, I'm gonna put a pin in that real quick. I did a whole episode called Ambiguous Gospel and I was going in. So if you get a chance, definitely make sure you go back into the archives of the Gospel Underground podcast and check out that episode. Um, so I, it's weird because I guess this is like ambiguous gospel part two, you know, gateway yeah, gospel music, exactly. this is part two. So, all right. So the first characteristic of gateway gospel music is ambiguity. The message is watered down or omitted, or it is unclear who or what the subject matter or who is 
what the subject matter is or who it is intended for. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing, ambiguity. The second characteristic is it is easily accessible, palatable, and inclusive for all to enjoy. The message isn't convicting. Um, and the third characteristic is it is habit forming or addictive. It's associated with the feel goods of life. They stimulate the pleasure senses in the brain, drawing up feelings of pseudo comfortability. All right. We went off on a whole tangent about this <laughs> last night. <laughs> we went off on a whole tangent. So go ahead. Let's let's get it started. All right. I mean, you want to dive into the first one, ambiguity. Yeah, I think, like I said, um, I did a podcast about this a while ago about ambiguous gospel. And we all know about it. We've all listened to it. We've all jammed to it. Um, it is labeled gospel music, but if you listen to it, it could be anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I exactly. mean? Like, you know, it's, it's a love song, but you could easily take out one word and sing it at your wedding. Absolutely. Because <laughs> we plan to do that for at least... <laughs> <laughs> Or at least one. Quite a few. Okay, so, you know, it's ambiguous. The message is unclear. You don't know if they're talking about their man, their wife. You don't know if they're talking about God. You don't know if they're talking about money. You have no idea right. what the exact message is. And um, we've actually seen that for a long time in gospel music. And to be quite honest, from... I, from my little history of listening to music, I think gospel music is the only genre of music that I can remember that really does that. Like other genres of music, you know what they're talking about. You know, it's, you can easily pick, well, for you know what, I'm gonna be fair. For the most part, you know what they're talking about. Absolutely. But I think the responsibility is heavier in gospel music because just by the name of the genre of music, you should know what, what the subject matter exactly. is. But there is a whole like subgenre and and gospel music that is completely ambiguous. You have no idea what is being talked about. And let me ask you the question. Okay, here we go. Why is that? Is there a reason that this is done? Is it being done with the clearest intent to make be ambiguous or is it just happening by chance? I don't think much of anything happens by chance. That's okay. just me being the natural conspiracy theorist that I am. Mm. So I don't think much of anything happens by chance. I think the, just like the definition says, the infusion of secular themes has caused artists to, what do I wanna say without, <laughs> without going off like I usually do? But I think these secular themes and desires have caused a lot of artists to create, one, create their own music that is, that is not gospel, mm -hmm. but it's not bad music. So they, they right. put it under the Christian umbrella because it's right. good old fashioned Christian music, but it's not, it's not gospel. Right. Um, I think a number of things have caused the gospel music industry to be very ambiguous. Cause, cause let's just be completely honest. It's not just the music that's ambiguous. Right. It's how people look. It's the places that Absolutely. they go. It's what they do. It's what is accepted now. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the music. The music is like a byproduct of, well, I guess I just answered my own question. The music yeah. is a byproduct of the lives that people are living, you know? Who back you are is gonna come out. Absolutely. Who you are, what you believe comes out. 
and yeah i think i think the ambiguity has come in because i think maybe i don't know i think people don't have the same type of relationship that they used to have with god you know and or maybe they never had a relationship with god you know a lot of people it's easy to come in church and to learn the lingo, learn the culture, learn how to do steps, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and pass. Right. It's, it's easy for that to happen. And I think that is what has happened in the industry as well. Well, just in full transparency, if I were to give like a little testimonial, if you'd like to call it that. Well. Is that um, I'm a PK, born and raised in church. And um, growing up, the young guy, you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. Mm-hmm. And we had to sneak to listen to it. <laughs> Those of you out there that may remember the old TVs with the dial and they had the um, the uh, little knob that you had to turn to get certain channels beyond channel 11 or what mm-hmm. have you. And they used to show videos on regular TV video music box and uh, U68 used to have uh, Kissing After Dark or those types of (laughs) (laughs) those types of uh, uh, music videos playing so we had to sneak to listen to that and as I got older there were I'm not gonna name drop but there were certain artists I will just say that I listened to contemporary gospel music Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a musician well retired drummer and <clears throat> I never used to listen to a lot of choir music, but I listened to contemporary gospel artists. And I listened to them because they sounded like R&B. <laughs> they sounded like, you know, hip hop or what have you. And at that time, I wasn't going to go out and purchase secular music and bring that home and get caught and mommy and daddy get on me. Mm-hmm. So I would buy this ambiguous music that sounded like the world, but it had so-called gospel lyrics, or at least it was made by a gospel artist. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I felt, okay, I'm having the best of both worlds. But in retrospect, I was just looking for a filler. And after a while, being a gateway, if we're going to define it as gateway gospel music, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It didn't satisfy me. And then I later on began to just purchase secular music. Now, I wouldn't get the whole album at first. I'd buy a single because I <laughs> felt like to it. <laughs> exactly it's levels, you know, and I felt like, OK, well, if I buy a single, it's not that bad because on the other side of the tape is an instrumental. And if I just listen to the instrumental without the lyrics, you start just rationalizing. And before you realize it, you got the whole secular album. But it was a gateway. It was a pathway. And it was a process because I began listening to this ambiguous gospel music. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't laugh at me. I know I'm not the only one that no, did that. No, you're not. That's why I'm laughing. That's exactly why I'm laughing. Because I remember distinctly mommy, like, breaking my Usher CD. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I remember distinctly uh, these moments. But um, a question that arose for me was, uh, so, like, 
we talk about how we talk about this gateway gospel music and and one of the characteristics is its ambiguity and we kind of got down to the core of it which was it's not just the music that's ambiguous it's everything the music is just a byproduct of the lives that many of the artists are living so one of the questions that came up for me was okay then so when did this start when did when did gateway music like when and where did it come about Mm -hmm. um we can go all the way back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that back in the day, they thought that, um, what's her name? Mahalia. Mahalia Jackson. She was criticized by the church. Um, some people even went as far as calling her a heretic because of her music and the reason being is because during that time the influence i believe was probably the blues Mm -hmm. or jazz and she had those sounds infused in her music and it's funny because now if we were to look back at mahalia jackson she is the gold standard of what gospel music should be But then that raises the next question. Is every generation or era of gospel music influenced by the music of that time? Hmm, that's a good question. I think, so it gets like, it just gets weird because I think as creative people, we are influenced by everything around us. You know, I talked to you about my songwriting process. Mm-hmm. My songwriting process is, is it usually it usually comes from the center of a conversation that I'm having with God about a subject. Right. So, many people know my single Do What Jesus Says and I I've, I've explained this on a lot of uh, interviews or whatever have you that I got that song because I was talking to one of my friends mm-hmm. who was in a controlling relationship and you know, her boyfriend at the time was telling her to do this and do that. And I ended up, like, I was talking to my mom about that. Like, what is wrong with her? Like, why she just, whatever, whatever. Why she, why she just listen to this man? Like, you know, and as I'm talking to my mom, I hear, like, it, it was like, a, it was, it was, it was a, it was an interesting experience because I had, after I left her, I was kind of talking to God about it and like praying for her. And then I started talking to my mom about it. So this was like, this came from. A conversation that I was having with God, like, Lord, please deliver her because she bugging, you know? Uh-huh. And many, many, many more songs. It's been a conversation um, that I've had with God as a result of something that I was inspired by, influenced mm-hmm. by, whatever. So I think, yes, I, I, I will agree and say yes. I think every generation of gospel music is inspired by many things. You know, right. it could be anything, you know? Um, but I think... I think as believers, we have to monitor how far we go with that inspiration. You right. know, are we going to completely sample a whole secular song, which has been done, child? Don't get me started we'll, on that. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> Don't even get me started. But are we going to sample a whole secular song um, and then remix the words and now it's gospel? Like, is right. that okay? You know, can we have a conversation about a, a quote-unquote secular topic and then be inspired to write a song by that? Like, what is okay and what is not? You right. know, I think that's where we need to, um, 
I think that's where we need to focus our attention. And at that, and in that place, we need to take it to the Lord in prayer and say, okay, God, this is the thought, this is the idea that I'm having, but I don't want to do anything that goes against your word. And I don't want to do anything that may turn your people away from you. Right. And I don't think we do that. Well, you know, I, um, I wouldn't call myself a songwriter. I'm not, even though I may have written a few songs, but when it comes, as you stated earlier, gospel music has its defined premise and its foundation already. Mm -hmm. It's just like being a police officer. Yes, you're still a citizen of wherever that you are living. Yes, you're still a human being, but because of what you have taken on, you have an accountability and responsibility that is greater than the average citizen. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you have been selected and anointed by God to be a minister of music, therefore you're held to a higher standard and you have to be more mindful of your influences. Um, I, I just, I just feel that when you're preparing a song, your source has to be the Lord. He okay. has to be your source. So you're tapping into something that is just like, oh, it's been burning a hole in my in my brain. <laughs> something that I feel like the Lord has been dealing with me on. And that is uh, that there are two, oh, and I hate to say it like this, but this is what it's come to. But there are two parts or two sides of the gospel music industry. There's the gospel, there's gospel music entertainment, and mm -hmm. then there is gospel music ministry. Okay. And I and it's problematic because in my humble opinion, I don't think that they were ever meant to be separated because, and the reason why I say that is because when you put God, gospel, Jesus, believer, any of that mm -hmm. on something, it automatically comes with responsibility and authority to represent God. Right. So that's why I, I was like, let me cut in real quick because, you know, this conversation that we're having I'm sure some people are like, well, it's it's still an industry, it's still an entertainment industry, and they have to do things to make money. Yeah, I get that. But I, once again, I think we need to, if we're going to do something as believers, mm -hmm. we need to continuously bring it before God and ask him how to do it. Because granted, I'm an artist myself. If you spend it, and I'm an independent artist too, if you spend in money to make a record, there's nothing wrong with you recouping that money. AKA selling your album. There's nothing wrong with that. You spent thousands upon thousands of dollars just to make your record. That's not even marketing it yet. Right. There is absolutely nothing wrong with recouping that money, AKA selling your records and whatever other items you got to go with it. But it's it, it gets a little different when you have to make X amount of money or your goal is to make X amount of money because then when that comes into play, you are when when money is the object, you're willing to compromise the you're willing to compromise what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Period. And that's in any industry. But that's why I said, like, whenever we put God or but Jesus, whatever, on, on, on something, we have to understand that we can't treat it like everything else. Right. So there is there is a difference between gospel music entertainment and gospel music ministry. I don't personally think they should have been separated. I think they should have been um, dissected and viewed very closely 
understood and then brought to the Lord in prayer on how to handle business and ministry. So would you say that how you go about your business and the drive that you have coincides with the way that those two, the industry side and the ministry side should not be separated in your opinion. So in other words, okay, the ministry side would go with what's driving me and the industry side is how I go about my business, mm -hmm. but it should all be based upon the influence and the drive of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, that's what I believe. I believe God should be the defining factor in all of that, but he is not, clearly. Yeah, I mean, you can't have grimy business practices and, proc and proclaim exactly. to be, okay, I'm representing Christ. Okay, do we represent Christ in everything we do? Because when I come from behind that microphone, if I'm in the boardroom or if I'm trying to cut a deal, however way you know it's done, am I doing anything that is less than moral you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so um how you do your business how you go about it you can't separate it you cannot separate it yeah i don't think it should be separated um that's a balance that we all need to learn but that's why the gospel underground is here that's that's a part of what i do um so yeah it's it's just oh we done got way off <laughs> we're still on the first uh, characteristic of ambiguity but um now this is good so the next characteristic is it is easily accessible palatable and inclusive for all to enjoy aka the message is not convicting man all inclusive <laughs> come you know now, the gospel welcomes all comers. It's yes. for everybody. But at some point, I shouldn't be comfortable still living less than a holy life. You know, where, where am I being convicted? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I am not claiming to be perfect, but I still want to be in a church. I still have the mindset that it's amen or ouch. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not coming up, please tell me. Someone give me a slap on the wrist, let me get some admonition, but I wanna ultimately be right with Christ. And some of this music is like, yo, we all can dance, we all can feel good, and you can go back to living whatever lifestyle that you're living without any type of, uh, of you know, feeling that you need to make a change in your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, call me old school or whatever, but I, it's not even about old school. It's just about right and wrong and trying to live a lifestyle according to God's word. If you are who you claim to be, which is a child of God. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You know, church is the most welcoming, open accepting place on earth you know it baffles me every time i hear people say you know church people are judgmental uh first of all everybody's judgmental that's number one thank you <laughs> that's, that's number one but to be honest if you really want to look at it any and everybody can come into church and be accepted now granted once you get there every place every organization every everywhere has their little 
things that they do where, you know, after a while they want you to do this or first lady should sit here. Every place has those things. But church is the only place where, and I I don't like to say it like this, but I, I think this is the way that you'll get it. Church is the only place where a quote unquote nobody can become a quote unquote somebody. You know, obviously we're all precious in God's sight. Obviously mm-hmm. nobody's a nobody. Right. But what I'm saying is people that, you know, the outside world will look at as like, mm, no good or throwaways. You know, you can come into church and become an elder and all of a sudden you're like church famous. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, Absolutely. you know, how many churches have we been in where, and this is not to be rude, to be funny, but people are not polished singers and we still like clapping like yes go ahead baby so this whole thing of acting like of of of, of working overtime to be inclusive is ridiculous to me because the church is inclusive if you will you know what i mean the church is welcoming to all absolutely you know so i just think that's bogus and like you know, people have all these little sayings of "come as you are," which is not biblical, That's by not the way. In the Bible. That is not like there is no scripture that says "come as you are." So let's get that straight. And then the other slogan of "only God can judge me." That's Tupac. That's not the word. Thank you. That's <laughs> you know Tupac. And you know, and even like breaking that down a little bit, it's ridiculous for you to wait for the Almighty Judge to judge you. Like, let's just think about that for a second. I would rather y'all judge me and say, Janice, you doing this wrong. You need to get your life together. You need to do this. You need to do that. I would rather y'all judge me. Absolutely. Then go before God. Ain't no coming back after that. God forbid I die today and I go before God and I have to be judged. If I was not right, if I didn't get my stuff together and the almighty judge judges me, ain't no repenting from that. Ain't no coming back from that. So Judgment. Thank you. So those slogans and and this whole idea that the church is not inclusive or is not welcoming or we're just super judgmental i think it's bogus and it's ridiculous and i think it's a diabolical plan of the enemy to keep people away from church you know what i mean like oh i don't go to church people are judging who they hypocrites that's like saying you don't go to the gym because fat people go like are you kidding me (laughs) like that's ridiculous but gateway gospel music is that and does that you know the message is unclear it's non-convicting i remember oh yes god thank you for reminding me of this i remember i was in a songwriting class years ago and i was working with she was my vocal coach slash songwriting coach and i was working with her and we were constructing a song and all these different things and you know jesus be all up in my songs like I, I can't help it that's the way i write music he takes me to scripture when i'm writing music you better be. so <laughs> <laughs> so you know i was presenting my song and and sharing sharing the story of my song with my coach and i remember her distinctly saying you know this is a little bit hard here you know you don't want to sound too preachy and i hear all the time artists say that i don't want to sound preachy first of all the word preaches itself Uh-oh. so that's that but like I hear, like if you are a born again believer and you're professing to be so, and you are um, professing that you are a gospel artist and that this is the message of your music, why do you precursor everything that you do and you say with "I don't want it to sound too churchy"? Like that's what? Like that, I don't understand that. It doesn't even make sense. Not at all. So what is it supposed to sound like? Exactly. So I think with the influx of this gateway gospel music, I think it's an attempt to be inclusive, but that's 
incorrect because the church is not you know what i'm saying like that's incorrect because the church is the one of the most welcoming places in the world right um and what we've noticed within all of this gateway gospel music is it is like super palatable it is it's soft and cushy for everybody there's no conviction you know everybody is, is just dancing right come on let's dance and let's do this and let's shout the victory but you know like how did you get to the victory you know what i mean like this how do you live victoriously thank you how do you oh that was good go ahead another thing is um have you ever taken buckley's cold medicine yeah it used to be on the market yeah their slogan strong yeah it's disgusting <laughs> but their slogan was relief is just a yuck away wow so sometimes you have to take that bitter cup you have to take that disgusting medicine but it's good for you it clears you up it gets that cold and 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 those impurities out of your system so that you can go down a path of wellness and the gospel message is a message of love it's a message of hope it's a message that also does bring conviction it's a message that will speak to you where you are if mm -hmm. it's delivered properly uh by the power of the holy spirit to get you onto a road of wellness yeah. spiritually and of course we know that the lord doesn't just stop in one aspect of your life but he will touch you in every area of your life yeah. but you've got to get on that road to wellness therefore that message has to sometimes if 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 i go to church and i just feel good all the time and you know i love to praise god you know rejoice or what have you but there's some times that every message is not going to be a jump and shout message. Amen. Sometimes I need to be taught. I need to hear some instruction. And it's not even that I need discipline, but I just may need instruction. You know, sometimes we're so caught up in the hoopla and everything going 90 miles an hour, mm -hmm. but the Lord may have a still small voice, just the same way he spoke to the prophet in the Bible. Yeah. So we have to be to the place where, okay, my emotions, yes, will be involved, but they can't rule me mm -hmm. when it comes to receiving from the Lord. Because ultimately, when we get past the emotions, or if I'm just not feeling it, my soul still needs to, uh, to hear and, and obtain a word from the Lord. And... A lot of times, music is what we get before we hear the word of God. It's always what we get before we hear the word exactly. of God. It is always what we get. And on the way to the house to hear the word of God. Absolutely. We got the radio on. We're singing in the house. like Exactly. So, and all of that sets you up. If it's done the right way, if you're listening to the right stuff, it sets you up to be in a place where you can receive the word of God coming from his servant. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah. let me let me stop. <laughs> so, like I said, we're talking about gateway gospel music, and it's so funny because we are talking about gateway gospel music in the negative form. But I remember distinctly as a child when I was coming up, um, and and when I had expressed to my parents that hey, I'm going to be a gospel singer. This is what I want to do. I'm a PK as well. My father's a bishop also, and 
you know, many of you know, I started singing when I was two years old in a choir. And then I started really like singing and getting into music when I was about 10 or 11 when I started writing my first songs. And I remember distinctly my father drilling into me that what I do as a music minister, as a singer, as the soloist, as the one leading the song in the choir, as a member of the choir, what we do is we set the stage for the man of God to bring mm -hmm. forth the word. Amen. And that does not change just because you have a record out. You know what I'm right. saying? That does not change because you singing around the world or you're touring around the world. Mm -hmm. So we are the, I guess I guess if you want to, you can call us the gatekeepers because the gate, uh, gateway music goes both ways. So we're talking about it in the negative, but in the positive sense, you have to think about it as what you're doing is you are setting the stage for the man of God to bring forth the word. So even if it's on a record, you know, somebody, some people, my mother used to say this all the time. You are the only Bible that some people will ever read. Mm -hmm. And so if they get to your album, if they get to your record and they've never ever been to church, they know nothing about your Jesus, but they hear your record, your record should compel them to want to know your God. You know what I'm saying? Right. When they see you out and about, you should compel them to want to know about your God. With the way you interact, if you have thousands of fans, the way you interact with them, the way you present yourself on social media. Uh -oh. oh my goodness. Social media. Don't get me, I feel like I'm gonna have to do a whole podcast about that. Cause, <laughs> but the way, like who you are, what you do, you are a gospel music minister at all times. You are the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at it on the opposite side of how the gate has been kicked down, mowed down, whatever you want to say. But we have been so heavily influenced by the secular world. And that should not be. You know, I feel like when we remember our jobs, when we remember our positions, this will not happen. Right. You know, and then and, and and even in this age, we have this whole and it's not even this generation, but we have the millennial generation, which I'm a part of. We have the this uh, like we have a millennial generation that is boldly walking away from God, mm. boldly walking away from the church, boldly getting into all different types of religions and spirituality and all mm -hmm. all types of foolery. Um because and I don't even wanna like I don't wanna beat nobody over the head because I'm good for doing that. But I, I definitely feel like we've been slipping on our job. You right. know what I mean? If you don't sit if we don't set the stage on our records, in our music, you know, hold the standard. You know, that doesn't mean we're better than anybody or that doesn't mean um, we don't like anybody or nobody's welcome to be around us or none of that. But you have to hold up a standard. Right. You know what I mean? Kings and queens don't just, don't just, you know, frolic with anybody. You know right. what I mean? Like if you are a princess, you're gonna marry a prince. Right. You know what I mean? So that's not to put anybody like Snoop down. And like I said, I'm mentioning him because I've spoken about him before openly. So I feel okay to talk about that. But nobody's putting him down. We're not saying you can't sit with us like Mean Girl. We're not saying that. But what we're saying is if you hold gospel artists to a certain standard and a secular artist comes in and wants to do a quote unquote gospel album, then they need to be held to the same exact standard. It's not fair that we get beat down and slapped and all right. <laughs> railroaded because we're not holding up this standard that we say that we're that we we have the name tag gospel. You know what I'm saying? We have Christian believer. We have that on, and when we're not holding that up, we get beat 
down. But it's okay to infuse secular and they, they put on a name tab temporarily mm -hmm. and it's okay? Like, no, that doesn't work. I got a question then. Okay, here we go. As you were speaking, <laughs> you know, yes, if we're gatekeepers, right? Mm -hmm. So why is it so easy for, and this didn't start with Snoop or whatever, because we have other people that have been doing this for years. They've gone between gospel and secular music. Why is it that it's so easy to come sing gospel music? Why is it that we're so eager to make collaborations with secular artists? Why is it that it always seems like we're looking for the affirmation and approval of the secular world to give us relevance? Is it that we don't feel that we're just relevant as we are? Is it that what we have to provide to give, if it was God given, isn't relevant enough? Why is it that we're always seeking to get that stamp of approval from the secular side of music and 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 in general, mm -hmm. uh, the world as a whole? We we're Fashion, always seeing, yeah. It seems like, but then, if we wanna well not that we should want to transition or make a secular album and come back but i believe that it's easier for a secular artist to come and make gospel mm -hmm. than and and have a gospel hit hit <laughs> you know what i'm saying number one than a gospel artist to go on that turf and have hits and why is it that we're just so welcoming to that? Why do we feel we need that approval and affirmation from the secular world and the secular music industry to validate who we are? Mm -hmm. I feel like it all boils down to one like simple thing. And that is we've lost sight of the wonder and the awe of God. Um, you know, when you know who you are and you know whose you are, you don't need validation from anything or anybody. Right. You know, I think it's it just bothers me so much. Like I like like I said, it just boils down to that. I think when you like it, it's 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 so weird because it's like we preach the gospel and we talk about how we on our way to heaven and so glad and we got the truth and God is everything to us. He means the world to us. But, but the way that we act and how we get so excited when anybody mentions us on the secular side mm -hmm. is it's like, are you really happy? You exactly. know, are you really validated? Are you really full? And like I said, I think we've just lost the the wonder and the awe of God. I think we 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 we're not in love with Him anymore. Mm. Ooh, Jesus, I'm gonna cry. Like I just feel like we're not in love with Him anymore. When you're in love with somebody, you don't see nobody else. Come through here. You know, when you are in love, um, like it, the world revolves around this person. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you have other things you need to do, but what I'm saying is your focus is them. You know, right. somebody else, can, a, 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 a man can't come by me and be like, you look so beautiful. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, because Daryl validates me. He tells Better me not. I'm beautiful. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> you validate me. I'm full. You, I'm full from you because you tell me I'm beautiful all the time. You know, we talk all the time, all day, every day. I, 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 I don't have no man, other man whispering sweet nothings in my ear because I got my my, my man here doing that. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we're not in love with God anymore. But he validates us. He does. So why is it that we don't take that validation from him and we're still drifting looking for validation and affirmation from the secular world? I mean, well, I guess, uh, are you really in love if that's not feeling you? Well, or sometimes it's us. A person yeah, can love you. That's true. And give you everything that would validate you. But for some reason you're not able to receive it. It doesn't resonate with you and therefore you'll leave that good thing or that great thing mm -hmm. that you're getting for a, a, a knockoff or something that's yeah. not the best for you. And some people are just continually looking for affirmation, but it's like it's right there. So then do we need to take a, 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 an introspective look at ourselves? I think we absolutely do. And it goes back to the scripture of today, uh, which was the Romans 12 um, verses 1 and 2. The second verse, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh -huh. I think we, f so renewing is continual. Right. You know, it's not something that happens one time. And, okay, we done, we good. And I think that's what happens a lot to a lot of us when we get saved it's just like oh i'm saved now i'm good okay i'm good like we don't practice continuing to renew our mind you know the enemy fought you yesterday and you won the battle but that don't he don't stop right you know what i'm saying like he don't go to sleep he just get quiet and make you think he sleep you know i think that's something that needs to be done and and that's not just within gospel music that is from the pulpit to the door honey Absolutely. you know what i'm saying because there are preachers doing things and churches doing things that show that same position of not being validated by God. And it's not that he's not doing it. It's just some of us have an issue where we're having a hard time accepting that love. And I can I can honestly attest to that a little bit myself. You know, we do things and we know and, and we it would, and sin separates us from God. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think it's just hard for us to believe that oh, God really did forgive me. Sometimes I think yeah. it is. I think it is hard sometimes. I can speak for myself. It's been hard sometimes for me to believe, wow, God really just forgave me like that? Really? I'm hard on myself. You know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I'm extremely hard on myself. Um, but that's why we have to continue to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we won't be swayed away, you know, which is going into the third characteristic. It's habit forming and addictive. It's associated with the feel goods of life. It stimulates the pressure, uh, the pleasure senses in the brain, drawing up feelings of pseudo comfortability. Mm. You yeah. want to jump in on that one? Um, thinking about that one, it takes me back to, as I stated earlier, um, the pleasure senses or the desires that you may have. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I used to listen to um, a lot of the contemporary gospel music that sounded secular, but it didn't have the non-secular lyrics, but I was doing the same dances or what have you, or, you know, you, you, it puts you in the same mindset. 
And I, I just think that, yes, you should feel good. Yes, it's going to touch your emotions, but it should also deal with not just the emotions, but it should deal with your intellect and your will. You know, um, it should touch your, your spirit. Um, this music should stimulate your, 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 your mind, your intellect. Look, you know, we are not to be ignorant people. You have the Lord on the inside. You have the omniscient God living in you. We're not supposed to be some type of people that are ignorant or we don't know how to function or we're just drawn to and fro. No, you know, we, we there should be some intelligence about us and you don't have to have a PhD or what have you, but we should have something once you've been walking with the Lord for a little while that should govern you. The mind, it, it, should, it should also change your will. Just like repentance is a change of the will, it's mm -hmm. a turning, you know? The music should, it should not just make me feel good, but it should cause me to want to make a change. It should give me some strength. Um, I'm gonna be honest, there's a lot of music that may feel good, but if I'm really going through, mm -hmm. if I were to just depend on, I'm not saying all because, you know, it's first off, this is my opinion. We're yeah. having a conversation. Mm -hmm. So let me just drop that in there. But I want to go to some music that will speak to me, that will minister to me if I'm going through a rough time. You know, I just don't want something because sometimes just jumping, running, you know, I'm not gonna be able to run every time. And sometimes I won't feel like running through troops and leaping over walls. Mm -hmm. So can I have some music that will give me a word from God. It's ministry and song. Mm -hmm. It's the word and song. And I need more than just something that's going to tickle my emotions because emotions can change just like the weather. Yes. But my soul is still at stake. My mind needs to be regulated. My will needs to be surrendered. Yes. Can oh, I get wow. something that's going to speak to that and minister to me? so that I'll be able to get over that hump of wherever I may be at that point in time in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're talking about the third characteristics, characteristic of gospel, gateway gospel music, which is it's habit-forming and addictive. And the reason why it's habit-forming and addictive is because of that sense of comfortability, that pseudo-comfortability that it gives. You know, it's not convicting. It's... It just feels good you know it only speaks to one part of you um which is very very dangerous because as you said you know feelings are not facts right. you know feelings are not always true you know and as believers we should be we should have the practice of feeling our feelings but relying on what we know which is the word of god right and gateway gospel music does the opposite it keeps you in that place of comfortability because it'll soothe what feelings you're having as opposed to addressing your feelings and saying, okay, sis, but God said all things are working together for your good mm -hmm. to them that love the Lord. You know, like bring you back to what the word of God says, bring you back to where God wants you to be. And unfortunately, gateway gospel music does not do that. It just doesn't do that. 
You know, it's just, it's just like, it's, it's just like these gateway drugs. You know, what happens with, I know people who smoke a lot of marijuana and even somebody who was growing it. Help mm. Jesus. But, what, and it's funny because one of my coworkers recently asked me for prayer because she's having a, a bad, uh, um, she's having a hard time shaking the addiction. But at the same time, she's also having tons of anxiety. Every time right. she goes days without smoking marijuana, she her anxiety goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. Because what that gateway drug does is it masks your feelings. Mm -hmm. It masks your feelings temporarily. And when you move away from it, all of your feelings, everything that's going on comes rushing back to you. And it's a gateway because what it has done is it is giving you an escape mm -hmm. from what you don't want to feel, what you don't want to face. Right. And so in order to continue to move away from that, it teeters you over into something stronger. Because that something stronger will really push those feelings back, will really push that away. And that's the same effect that gateway gospel music had. And, and, and speaking to your point, a part of the um, gateway drug theory is that possibly the causes are biological alterations in the brain mm -hmm. due to the earlier drug usage. So the gateway drugs actually could possibly, actually possibly, that sounds crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they possibly can alter you biologically physiologically and cause these alterations in your brain that now you know you're going to desire something stronger you know it's just like wine is a mocker mm -hmm. the word says you might down one glass oh i'm good i'm cool i you know i'm not getting twisted now you down a second glass of wine you know what I'm saying? And uh, you may build a tolerance, but it's a mocker because then you may feel that I can handle it, I can handle it, and sooner or later, after your fifth cup, mm -hmm. you get up and you end up on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then it's a mocker, it's laughing at you, it's made fun of you, and it took you out of your, your, your right mind. And a lot of these gateway drugs, <laughs> drugs, but also the gateway music we're discussing will have the same effect. No, it may not have an effect on your physical body, but it can affect your soul where it just opens it up. The gateway or the gatekeeper, it opens it up. And then before you realize it, yeah, you're buying that single mm -hmm. or not even anymore. Now you're downloading that single or you're streaming. The, the the secular stations and before you realize it you're hitting up the concert halls yeah. and you know it just takes you down a pathway that you don't need to go if you're trying to grow towards spiritual maturity absolutely absolutely so we want to go ahead and wind things down here we're actually getting a little bit long but i kind of wanted to bring it all to a point bring it all to a center and um, I just wanted to pose a couple of questions. If you all wanted to do a part two to this, definitely hit me up and let me know. But I wanted to pose a couple of questions to the audience, to myself, to you, to all of us. Um, so talking about this gateway music and seeing what it has done and 
you know, how it affects us and the potential of it, you know, I think it's fair to pose the question to gospel music ministers or aspiring gospel music ministers. And I and I purposely use that term and not just gospel artists because I don't believe that the two should be separated. But anyways, so I think it's fair to pose the questions like, should gospel artists collaborate with secular artists? Mm. You know, should we sample from secular music? Uh, you know, how far should we go in our messaging, you know? I hear a lot of gospel artists say that they want to tackle new and different and different subjects, but you know, how far should we really go with that? Right. You know, what is the criteria for us doing that? Um, just my opinion, this is my podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and render my opinion. I believe that we serve the highest, the true and living God, the most high God, the creator of the universe. And if we serve the creator of the universe, his spirit abides within us. If we've received the Holy Spirit, then he's more than capable of allowing us to be creative or making us be creative and, and giving us diverse topics and things to talk about. I don't think God needs a remixed secular song in order to draw people to him. That's just my personal opinion. Um, you guys can hit me up and let me know what you think about that. But for all of you guys who are aspiring gospel music ministers, or if you are a gospel music minister and you're listening to this, I definitely want to know your thoughts on this. Do you think gospel artists should collaborate with secular artists? What do you think about this definition of gateway gospel music, which is the infusion of gospel music with secular themes and, and influences that present new ideas on the already established subject? And I don't think we touched that last part. They present new ideas. So mm -hmm. let me just touch that real quick because that's important. So gateway gospel music, uh, I guess this could have been one of the characteristics, but mm -hmm. anyway. Gateway gospel music, so like we said, it's the infusion of gospel music with secular themes and influences that present new ideas on the already established subject. So what that means is because there are secular themes and influences coming in on the gospel music, what it does is it changes the gospel message. Mm -hmm. It says, come as you are, and stamps that as scripture, when nowhere in the Bible it says, come as you are. Right. And it's, it, it's amazing to me because so many people quote that and say, you know, the Bible says come as you are, but it doesn't. It really does not. That is the influence of the secular. Right. That is the influence of something that is anti-God, anti-Christ. So, you know, I want you all to think about these things. Let's have a conversation. Join us in the Facebook community. The uh, You can search us on Facebook by going to the Gospel Underground community. Definitely make sure you follow us on Instagram at the underscore Gospel Underground. We're on Twitter, but I don't tweet much. So if you want to tweet me, you can. But, you know, hey, I'm not really on there. So anyway, my Twitter handle is Gospel UND, GND. And you can always email us, gospelundergroundradio at gmail.com. Definitely make sure you sign up for our mailing list. All those things will be listed in the show notes. Sign up for the mailing list. Stay connected to us. You'll get updates on everything The Gospel Underground. And you are privy to what new episodes are coming up next. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you, my love, for joining me. Thank you for having me, sweetie. <laughs> Hopefully we can do this again soon. Like I said, if you guys want a part two, we initially were going to do three parts. But I said, you know what? Let's just have the conversation. We can extend it a little bit more. And if y'all guys want, if you guys want to continue the conversation to a part two and part three, then we'll go ahead and do that. 
But until then, stay focused on Jesus, keep one another in prayer, and I will speak to you all soon. Hey family, thanks for listening to this episode of The Gospel Underground. To learn more about us, visit us at www.thegospelunderground.co. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore gospel underground. Don't forget to join us in our community and continue the conversation on Facebook simply by searching the gospel underground community. And last but not least, if you love the show, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes.